Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by our friends over at Celsius. I am John Ledyard. Along with me today, also from pewterreport.com, is the illustrious Scott Reynolds returned from his suspension back to the podcast. Scott, how are you, sir? I'm good. I was suspended to the uh, frozen Midwest to see my daughter Ellie out in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, so I, I've come back now to warmer temperatures in Florida, thankfully. But um, I missed the polar vortex, though. So I, I wasn't there for these sub-freezing temperatures. I was there over the weekend and, and actually had pretty decent weather. It was like yeah. lows in the 20s, highs in the 30s. So, But yes, good to be back here in Florida talking Bucks football with you and our Peter Report audience. Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to talk a lot about the defensive side of the ball. If you haven't heard, go back to to yesterday and listen to Mark Cook and I break down the offensive side of the ball. Um, we did that in in pretty good detail, I think. We got through all the position groups, broke a lot of that down, and we're going to roll through the defensive side of the ball. This will be a little shorter of a pod than usual uh, today because I got to get out of here uh, uh, by uh, 440. But we're going to roll through the offense or the defensive side of the ball. Make sure we break all this down. But first, we want to remind everybody, as we always do, that this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. <laughs> John, the refreshing taste of Celsius heat. That's what I'm drinking today. Beautiful thing. I got, I got the blueberry pomegranate. I just threw one of those in the fridge, though, so that'll be up next. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to work out after the show, and uh, what I love about Celsius heat is it it, uh, it it fuels my workout and, more importantly, hydrates me. And uh, this is the healthiest performance drink you're going to find uh, out there. And I love this, this uh, blueberry pomegranate taste. Didn't think I would. It's a top five flavor for me. And if you want to find out more about where you can get uh, Celsius, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and they will point you into the direction of the Celsius locations near you. I actually did that, John, out in Manhattan. My daughter, Ellie, wanted some. I've got her on that subscribe and save from Amazon, but she wanted to try different flavors. So oh. I, I clicked on the store locator. We found some in Manhattan, Kansas. They've got about six different locations. So we stocked your fridge up with a, a bunch of those, and, and including some of these Celsius heat. And, and wow. if you want to order them from Amazon, best place to, to do that uh, to save some money. The best way to do that is to go to pewterreport.com, click on those Celsius banners that let Celsius know that, hey, Peter Report turned you on to Celsius. And then from clicking those banner ads, you go right to Amazon, you can buy them in bulk and save a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a good plan to me. And I know Celsius certainly tastes great. So uh, anybody who out there looking for a good energy drink, it is the best, man. I cannot emphasize yeah. it enough. Uh, some people have asked why I'm in a closet today. It's a good question. Instead of that beautiful office uh, with the backdrop that I normally have, well, there's a couple reasons for that. One, uh, sound quality is actually very good in a walk-in closet, or it's supposedly supposed to be. Uh, I've also been breaking up a little bit on the podcast that people have told me, so I'm trying to move, try a new location, but more than anything, until we get a new router, that is. Uh, and But more than anything, 
the uh the there's construction going outside my house so i'm in my house like in the middle of the street but we're at the end of that we're the last house on the street right now or it's a newly developed plan so they will be building houses next to mine and so i'm not sure what that's going to sound like so walk-in closet it was we'll uh, we'll go with that through a couple things back there very haphazardly we'll see if we end up sticking back here or not um, as the show progresses but we do want to talk defensive side of the ball yeah. Uh, Scott, because Bucks have some questions coming up on the defensive line. And Dominican Sue and Shaq Barrett are free agents. Right. Um, Sue, obviously older at this point, was the second oldest defensive tackle in the league uh, to take a snap this season, 34 years old. Shaq Barrett, not quite aging yet, good enough to be in position for his first big contract. Right. Big offseason for him after playing on the tag and playing for pretty cheap money before that uh, for, per NFL standards. So, those two guys, both at the crossroads with this team, both have said they want to come back. The Bucks have said they want both back. Right. My question to you, Scott, is do you see those guys having leverage because the Bucks don't have – maybe not Sue so much at his age, but Shaq Barrett, if he were to leave, what are the Bucks going to do at edge rusher, right? I mean, there isn't a lot yeah. of options. Anthony Nelson's certainly not ready for that role in the current roster. Right. Well, you're talking about not a lot of options in-house right now. Right. However – there is there's a lot of options out there. Uh, there's there's a lot of young pass rushers um, on this market. When when I say young, keep in mind Shaq Barrett's 28. He won't be 29 mm -hmm. until November. Okay, but um, and he doesn't have a whole bunch of miles on on the tires because he was a rotational pass rusher in Denver, and he's also been very durable. John, he's had a couple yep. of, of really uh, you know years in, in Tampa here, the last two years where he hasn't missed a game. So he's been uh, a, a perfect fit for this offense. He's served for this defense. He has been uh, very durable. There's a lot to like about him. And a lot of times in the NFL, it's what have you done for me lately, right? That, that's that's what you're looking at in terms of, mm -hmm. of paying some of these guys in free agency. Well, he was a borderline MVP, right, in the Super Bowl. And then the other thing is, when you look at Indomitian Sue, I mean, he had a, a sack and a half in, in the Super Bowl, and and certainly right. his presence felt. I think he had a better year in 2020 than it, he did in 2019, which was his first year in Tampa. And I think he can come back a lot cheaper um, than he than he played at last year at around $8 million. I think that they can probably get him for a, another, another million or two less mm. um, than he made last year. Shaq Barrett, though, different story. They franchised him this past year, and John – He's kind of been on record saying he wants to break the bank. The problem is, you look at, at this, there's no way New Orleans can keep Trey Hendrickson, their top sacker, with 13 and a half sacks, 25 quarterback hits. He's a bigger guy, 6'4", 270. Might not play the run as well, but he's 26. And there's a lot of 26-year-old guys uh, that are going to be on their free agent market. You look at Yannick Ngakwe from Baltimore, eight sacks, four forced fumbles. He was a, a pass rusher extraordinary at Jacksonville before that, 26 years of age. Very similar undersized guy like Shaq, 6'2", 246, but a couple yeah. other guys. Romeo Aquara up in Detroit. He gave uh, uh, Donovan Smith's fits up there and actually got a sack uh, in, in that game. A younger guy, 26 years of age, 10 sacks, 20 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, 6'4", 274. Throw in mm -hmm. Carl Lawson, six sacks, 32 quarterback hits for the Bengals. Matthew Judon, who's in that same age range as Shaq Barrett with, with, at age 28, going to be 29 this year, six sacks, 21 quarterback hits. Leonard Floyd, a little older at 29. 
11 sacks, 19 quarterback hits out there. I don't know if any of those guys are as good as Shaq. Do you think that and, – and also this too, Scott, like if you let Shaq go, then you're just paying somebody else pretty comparable right. money. At that point, you might as well just have paid Shaq, right? Well, it really depends on on what these guys are willing to get. And keep in mind, what they're willing to take coming to what what I believe is is the, the NFC favorite to return to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. – um, and, and listen, I mean, the, the cap is – it is what it is. Jason Light and and Mike Greenberg, they will draw a line in the sand, and they say we're not going to go over whatever that amount is, 17, 18, 20 million for Shaq. I don't know what that number is. Uh, Shaq's agent and, and the Buccaneers will will know what, what that is. But th- that to me is, is something that bears watching because they're certainly not held hostage to Shaq Barrett. Right. Right. Um, there's a lot of other pass rushers. You can throw Hassan Reddick, Arizona Cardinals first round pick. He had 13 mm-hmm. sacks. Granted, I think like five or six came in one game, but five right. forced fumbles. He's a really undersized guy at 6'1, 235. Yeah, but no, my- I hear you. I mean, there you're right. There are options out there for sure. It's just, man, I mean, Shaq Barrett has done obviously a lot of really good things in Tampa Bay, I think. And so I, I think everybody's prefers to keep him around. But then it becomes this question, like you're saying, like where's yeah. the leverage at and all of that. I think we both expect him to be back, right? I mean, we, we think that that's probably going to happen. And we think, again, with Sue, it's like, okay, if you know, leverage-wise, you could go play somewhere else if you wanted to for one more year. But do you really want to do that? I, I think that yeah. both sides want him to be back. And I think that money – I mean, at this point in Sue's career, if you're still playing, like it's you're probably making more money off the field, honestly, oh, yeah. with all his things that he has going on. And so sure. – I just think that has to be probably like an ancillary factor to him. It's more about winning the rings well, after, especially given how much money he's made in his career. Sure. There's there's also been some posturing, right, John? You talk about Jason Light saying, we're going to bring the, the band back together. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Aarons, we want everybody to come back. We have the resources to do that uh, with the cap room. And and the Bucks are in in really good shape, better than, yeah. than the Panthers, the Falcons, or the Saints. Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, you hear the posturing from the other side. Shaq Barrett saying he wants to break the bank. So a lot of this right now is posturing. We'll see. Is Shaq willing to take the hometown discount? Because he's kind of talked right. out of both sides of his mouth. He wants to break the bank. At the same time, he loves the fit and and, and feels like like this is a home for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he loves playing opposite JPP and forward Todd Bowles. So mm-hmm. we'll see where, where the rubber beats the road. I wouldn't be surprised, though, at all if, if they let Shaq test free agency. If they can't get a deal done, let him go out there and see what his market value is. Because I do believe that if Shaq does have an offer, that he and, and Drew Rosenhaus will go to the Buccaneers and say, this is what, what the, the market is willing to pay. Do you want to match it? Mm-hmm. And, then, and right. then the Buccaneers will say, uh, maybe we will. And if not, we'll we'll see if if a guy like Yannick Ngakwe or some of the other players I mentioned want to come to Tampa for a little mm-hmm. bit cheaper and, and a little bit younger, too, to hmm. replace Shaq. But I, yeah. I do see Shaq hitting free agency um, unless he takes a hometown discount to stay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we're talking about a Bucks team that I think I've said on past podcasts is a top three, going to be top three in cap space for 2022, probably top, probably number one team, I think, for 2023. You know, there's just not a lot in the books for those years right now. So it yeah. gives you a ton of flexibility this year to be able to do whatever you want to do. Right. You know, when people ask, is there any, can they bring back Shaq, Chris Godwin, uh, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, and Dominican Sue, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown? 
Yes, there's no question. The answer is yes. Right. The question is just what are you willing to do in terms of flexibility? Can they do it without screwing themselves over for future years? Yes. Yep. Can they do it without having a few hurdles to jump through in future years? Probably not. That's probably part of it. Whenever you keep a team together this good, you know that's probably part of it. Part of that, Scott, too, is looking at 2022, where they have a bunch of free agents that come available. And yep. I'm right about this, I think, next week, but maybe in Buck's briefing, but they have a bunch of free agents that become available. But they also have this kind of it's to me, that's the group where you're gonna let a lot of people walk in that yep. in that group. Um to me, that there's a lot of good players, Alex Kappa, Jordan Whitehead, um, even Ronald well, Jones. Yeah. I know fans are yeah. excited about about the direction he's taken, but to me, those are the guys you're probably not going to pay. You know, not right. premium positions or premium roles on your team, good players, but guys that you have to be able to replace for cheaper in free agency or through the draft, not necessarily or through guys that are on your current roster. Yeah. Mike Edwards playing a little or Antoine Winfield maybe playing more Jordan Whitehead's role and Mike Edwards playing more free safety. And so those are things you have to be able to dance to me. Those are the guys that have to be replaced. I don't know that that is Shaq Barrett or that is Chris Godwin. To me, those guys are very hard to replace. Those yeah. are the guys that I'd spend money on next year. The OJ Howards, the Ronald Jones, the uh, Alex Kappas, the Jordan Whiteheads. I'm trying to think the Will Golston's mm-hmm. um, if he's still around, you know, I mean, and right. Golston's another one, you know, five and a half million this year due. Obviously he's going to start the way the roster is currently constructed. So you're probably okay with paying that. Maybe you ask him to make a little bit, take a little bit of a pay cut. Uh, we'll see how that unravels itself. But again, he's another guy last year of his deal. So he'll be a free agent. Those are the kind of guys you can replace. Right. Those are the kind of guys you let walk the Shaq Barrett's, especially at his age and his character and knowing the scheme, the way that he does and mm-hmm. knowing what you're going to get out of him. Not something, you know, about Yannick and Gakwe, you know, not right. something, you know, about uh, some of these other people that are going to be out there and going to be available. And so, you know, I think you look at it that way and you say, okay, you know, that's a guy that I want to, even if I'm tweaking things for 2022, those are the kind of guys I want to, I need to keep around long-term. They're the hard yeah. ones to figure out how to it's replace interesting, down the road. John, because Shaq's going to turn 29 in November. And, and again, not a lot of miles on the tires because right. he's a rotational player behind Vaughn Miller, uh, you know, out there in, in Denver. Um, but the interesting thing is, how long do you sign Shaq Barrett for? Is he four four year deal, three year? That deal? would be my guess. Yeah, right. My guess would be four years, and th- the first three, the guarantees are probably a lot of uh, are in the first three years, yeah. and most of the cap it comes in 2022, 2023. Right. And that and, would be my guess. Yeah, and they're they're not going to be franchising Shaq again. I, th- I think that's right, right. safe to say that if someone's going to get the franchise tag, it's going to be Chris Godwin. Right. I believe that that's probably the way they're going to go there. Right. Uh, and either way, depth and youth. Uh, I know we uh, we need to move on to linebacker, but depth yeah. and youth. That's the question right on the defensive line. Defensive tackle, edge rusher, Jason Pierre-Paul. Another guy, by the way, 2022. To me, at that point, you let Jason Pierre-Paul walk. Maybe a one-year deal cheap, but he's right. not – You know, what's he making now, 10, 11, 12, you yeah. know, something like that, 13, I don't remember. But you, you're not going to re-sign him for that after 2020 so again that is the to me 2022 is the year where you've got to say goodbye to some people and be ready to replace those people that's what this year's free agency last year's draft this year's draft those guys developing khalil davis developing tyler johnson developing mike edwards like those guys have to be developing even an aaron stinney or an offensive lineman you draft Mm -hmm. this year or john molshin like you have to prepare those guys to step in after 2022 for this season I want to keep as many of these free agents in place. And then I think you're going to end up being fine because the 2022 guy you really want to sign is Carlton Davis. And we'll get to him in a second. 
Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit, Scott, if we can, about linebacker. Levante mm-hmm. David, free agent, 30, what, 31? I think he's going to be 32. 31 years, old. Yeah, 31 years old. He'll be 32 this summer, I think. Right. If I'm remembering right. Okay, so what do you do? Is it a three-year deal, two years you know, guaranteed? Uh I, I think it's I, I think you you do three years with two years guaranteed. I think that's fair for Levante. Uh, I, I think what's what's not fair for Levante, who's whose current average per year contract right now is ten point five. You look at at Bobby Wagner, the guy who uh, who I, I think Levante is is in a class, the same class as Bobby Wagner in terms of the player. They're about the same age. But Bobby Wagner, because he's been on that Seattle roster, has made all the Pro Bowls that Levante hasn't. Yeah. And and the thing is, because of those Pro Bowls and those playoff appearances and Super Bowl runs and all that, he's making a lot more money. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're talking millions more than than what what Levante is making. So um, my concern is I, I don't want to break the bank for Levante David, who was not nearly as splashy. As he was before, and when you look at, wow, at, you're a popular man today, Scott. I am, yes. Get and, back uh, in town, and everybody wants to meet up. I know. You look at, at Bobby Wagner, 18 million. Um, you know, there's there's just yeah. no way that, that, and and that's what he's making his average. So, um, you know, I I don't believe that that he's going to Bobby Wagner up. signed that when he was younger, right? So that correct, yeah. It's kind well, of about when it's really, hitting. Like. Really, it was it was a three year extension. Three years at fifty-four million dollars with a fifteen million dollars signing bonus. So he actually signed that back when he was twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Okay. And, and the problem with Levante is he signed a longer deal when he did. That was in Jason Light's, uh, I believe, second year as a general manager. Right. Yeah, it was in twenty fifteen. So the problem is, is is when he signed that five-year, fifty million dollar extension. Now it did include twenty-five million dollars in guaranteed money. Right, but at the time it was it was for ten million. So, uh, Bobby Wagner signing just a couple years later, you saw that linebacker market jump up. And the thing is, is I don't think that linebacker market's going to be that strong hmm. for an off the ball linebacker in a year where the cap is down. Right. So, maybe maybe you top out at thirteen million dollars average per year right. for Levante David, give him a bump. I but agree. in my yeah. opinion, you're looking at maybe ten to twelve million dollars. Uh, you know, I, I, I see that uh, here with what Ty is saying, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 million. I, I think you give him a bump to probably 12 to 13 million per year. Yeah, I think you're right. And if he, and I, again, you're Levante David, you spent your whole career in Tampa Bay. They just started winning. You just won a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. they could do it again. I just don't know why you'd want to leave at this point. To me, right. Shaq Barrett's situation is more complicated. I, again, I, I think they get it done. But to me, like there's more options for Shaq Barrett. He's gonna play, sure. you know, four more years. This is his first big payday. You might want to hit the market, you know, and see what's out there. Give the Bucks a chance to match, like you said. There's other factors to consider. Levante David's already been paid. He's already made that money. I'm not yeah. saying like, so what's you know, is he gonna leave for two million more a year? You know, is that right. worth it to him? Yeah, yeah. I just and don't think that John, it is. He will have made every single penny. Now, of course, this is before taxes, right? Uncle Sam's going to take half of it, but but, but hey, not in Florida, baby. That's another advantage for for well, you know, yeah. But I mean, taxes. he's in the upper income tax bracket. But the thing is, is is you're looking at fifty point two five million dollars that he's made since signing that extension, right? And and then he was on his rookie deal before that, so his total earnings are you know are are pushing fifty five million dollars right. for Levante now. 
that he's made in the NFL. So I agree with you. What, what is he going to do? Get an extra million or two over the next couple of years for right. to move on to a, a worse team that probably won't be a Super Bowl contender? I don't right. think so. Right. I don't either. And so, yeah, I, I really think he's going to be back. Now here, let me ask you this, Cotton, and we'll move through linebacker pretty quickly, but do you think Levante David even hits free agency or do the Bucs sign him before March 17th? I think the Bucs sign him before free agency. And I want to clarify something. When I said Shaq becomes a free agent, that means he hits free agency. I, I think that that the, the, the market, I think that, that they want to see where, uh, and not just the Bucs, but other teams, with all these edge rushers that are going to be hitting, hitting the market, they want to see kind of what the hierarchy is. They don't want to overpay. No, no team wants to overpay this year because there's a cap reduction. So in my right. opinion, that's where you you look at at uh, hitting free agency and seeing what Shaq is worth. But Levante, I think he re-signs beforehand. I think the Buccaneers want to have a couple of these deals done. Um, maybe Rob Gronkowski and Dominic Sue, Levante David, maybe Ryan Suckup, the kicker. Get a couple of these deals done. Mm-hmm. before free agency and then right. you know tag chris godwin if you can't reach a long-term deal and then and then yeah. go on but the, here's the interesting thing about linebacker john the other linebackers you have dan buchan is not going to be back um jack sitchy i mean the guy's mr glass i like jack yeah, he, yeah. he cannot stay healthy so right. he, he's nothing more than a special teams role player right now mm-hmm. but you need to get somebody in the hopper levante has been pretty dependable Missing a, a you know a game or two here or there over the last three or four years total, yeah. Um, so he's been very dependable. But if something happens to him, Kevin Minter maybe comes back for the, the veteran minimum, mm-hmm. thirty one. But you're still looking at probably a million dollars or so for, yep. the, for his age. And there, I think you want to get another young guy. So this might be the year the Buccaneers invest something more than a day three pick. Yeah, a linebacker to uh, to draft the eventual re- replacement, especially if you're only adding maybe two or three year deals or two or three years to Levante's deal. Right. Yeah. And just to get to a couple of questions real quick, how much is Gronk asking for? How much is Antonio Brown asking for? We don't know exactly what they're asking for. We do know that I feel pretty confident that Gronk will be back. I wrote about Antonio Brown yeah. uh, today over in my Bucks briefing, so go check that out. I talked about his role with the team, potential costs. Act, asked a couple cap experts about what they're thinking he's going to be, they think one year, three to five mil, like that's going to be it. And they don't think he'll get much better on the market. So they think it's a good chance that he's back for, for a cheap cost like that. I tend to agree with them. Um, if that's all that's going to be out there for Antonio Brown, his next court date, based on the research I could find, I don't know how much many of these things happen. You know, we don't know about him in the public, but the next thing I could find for a civil suit uh, for the sexual assault and rape allegations is going to be in December uh, of 2021. So that got pushed back significantly. That was supposed to be basically a year before that point. Um, So that may keep, that may make teams feel like he's going to be around. He's going to be available. So we'll see what happens, but I think you'd be probably in the three to five mil range for a one year, two year, one year, two year type contracts. And again, it may be two years for AB, maybe two years for Gronk and maybe two years for Sue uh, just to spread out the hit. Um, and, and things like that to spread out the contract, you know, probably more likely one year for Sue, but maybe two years for those other guys. Um, right. My guess is they're all three are going to end up in the three to five million range. Yeah. That would be that would be my best guess for those guys is that they'll yeah. end up in that range. I see a couple of uh, questions about Adrian Peterson. The Buccaneers have passed on on Adrian Peterson several times that he's been a free agent and been on the market, and he's just getting to the point now with his age 
where I, I just don't see the Buccaneers investing in him. And uh, I think the only way they might, and of course, listen, they, they just had uh, LaShawn McCoy in, right? So it's not like they're, they're not looking at players over 30. But the difference is, is Adrian Peterson's 30, 35, mm-hmm. and he'll be 36 this year. Um, does he bring more to the table than LaShawn McCoy from a running perspective? Yeah, I'm not ruling it out. It would have to be a Tom Brady wants him kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are a couple of other guys that Tom Brady might have his eye on for a running back. James White, Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, all three of those guys played with Brady in New England. All three are free agents. All three are that LaShawn McCoy role, that third down pass catching running back out of the backfield. And uh, so yeah. I, I think it would go in that direction rather than Adrian Peterson. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, Adrian Peterson doesn't offer this team anything really. Um, I, I don't, you know, to me, I don't have a, like, I, I mean, there's just nothing like, what is it? You know, he's not been a great receiver for a couple of years now. He's not been using that role. He's older. He doesn't help them beyond the season. That's, they need to find somebody who can help them long-term at the position. Why? I just don't know why you, yeah, to me, he's a non, non-factor. And OBJ, we talked about him on the pod yesterday. Yeah. Not going to happen to either. Um, yeah. Dragon Lope says, let's go boys. Thoughts on AB versus Shaq, who is more valuable to this team. Definitely, your top yeah. edge rusher is more valuable than your number three wide receiver, especially on a team with yeah. this many weapons offensively. So, no and question there. John, even if they bring back Shaq, uh, who will be 29 in November, and you have Jason mm-hmm. Pierre-Paul on the final year of his deal at age 31, and even if those guys stick around, right? If you sign Shaq to, to a three- or four-year right. deal, then he's one guy. And then JPP, maybe he sticks around for, for another year after 20. Maybe, right. Right. But you got to develop a young guy in the hopper. It's mm-hmm. not Cam Gill. It's not Anthony Nelson. You've got to draft a guy. And that's why we had uh, Quincy Roche wow. from Miami. Cam Gill uh, catching a stray <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I said, Cam Gill just out here chilling, listening to the pod, just catching a stray from you. <laughs> Did he? Well, you didn't expect to be mentioned, but. <laughs> no. Uh, but, um, well, listen, I, I want to see more from Cam Gill. I like the fact that he got a half a sack in the. Um, in the Super Bowl, yeah. I want to see more. No, but- I don't think he's the guy either. It's just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, they definitely it's the position of need. I mean, when you look at the team, that and defensive tackle are where, like, the, you know, and we talked about running back on offense. But, again, if you can find a game changer, at if you find a game changer at running back, edge rusher, and defensive tackle, the running back is clearly the third priority out of that group. Even if your edge or your defensive tackle is going to be your number three or number four guy right. this season, those positions are just that much more uh, valuable for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, the secondary, Scott, uh, and you mentioned needing to find depth at linebacker at some point in the draft. Agreed, that'll be something they look at over the next couple right. of years. Um, similar to tight end on the offensive side. But the secondary, you know, right now I just feel like this cornerback group is almost ready to roll. I mean, like I'm not sure they're going to all be locked down, but I, they're definitely going into the next yeah. season, no question about it. Jamel right. Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Carlton Davis, those are, those are the three guys. That's who they want to ride with for next season. So yep. no competition really at the cornerback spots. The number four guy, Ross Cockrell, they'd like to have him back. Cockrell right. played well enough to probably get a little more money from another team this offseason if yep. he wants to go that route. He has pursued that route in the past. So also he cares about winning, and so maybe he wants to stay, but it would be cheap. I mean, the Bucks aren't going to pay – Somebody else would pay him more, I bet, to be their sure. third or fourth quarter. John, you um, mentioned cheap so that we can rule out Patrick Peterson, right? Oh, now. my gosh. Yeah. Patrick Peterson, did anybody watch him play last year or the year before even? Yeah, and, and listen, goodness. I get it. I mean, there are some name guys, Patrick Peterson, Adrian Peterson. These are name guys. But in their prime, 
Yeah, maybe. But the problem is in their prime, they're worth tens of millions of dollars. The Bucks right. just don't have the cap room for it. And as much as Jason Light and, and Bruce Arians love Patrick Peterson, the person and the player that he was in Arizona, he's just not worth the money right now. And mm-hmm. at the same time, too, you, you got to figure out, um, is Sean Murphy bunting the guy we saw in the postseason or the regular season? What happened to Jamel Dean? He kind of just was, was, you know, he was a steady Eddie as as a, a player at cornerback when he wasn't in the concussion protocol. Yeah, uh, he had the splash play against the Packers early on, but we we didn't see Jamel Dean elevate his game throughout the rest of the season. And he's a, a player that this team has the third round pick invested in. Carlton right. Davis is going to be in a contract here. So, John, you want to see what you have going forward. And keep in mind, all three of those guys were good enough to win a Super Bowl with. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that adding uh, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson to the mix at his age with his declining skill set and his his money, right. he'd be making more money than, than any of those starters. Yeah. Does yeah. anything yeah. for the secondary right now? No, it's going to be a cheap guy like a Ross Cockle type, right. uh, you know, somebody who's been a career backup, solid, decent player. Yeah. You know, that's going to be it. It's going to be one of those kind of guys that can play inside, outside, probably. Um, if they, if maybe it's Cockrell, maybe it's not. You know, I think uh, right. is the special teams dude still Ryan Smith? Is he still? Under contract, I think, for this up guy. I can't He'll remember. He'll be a free agent. He'll be free, but he's a cheap guy. Same as Andrew Adams, basically, in the, sa- in the secondary. Those are two special teamers. Yeah. Which probably want him back. I don't know that either have done anything to command a lot of money from someone else. I mean, they're, they're solid right. special teamers. I don't think either of them are like Matthew Slater or somebody like that on yeah. special teams. And so, you know, they're guys that are probably back. Bucks probably want him back. Uh, there's really not a lot to talk about the secondary. I mean, you have Antoine Winfield for three more years on his contract. Mike Edwards, two more years on his contract. Those are clearly right. – your guys for the next couple of years. And then obviously Whitehead going into a contract year, but I don't think you're looking to draft to replace Whitehead at this point in time, especially when you have Edwards right. waiting in the wings and him and Winfield are so versatile. Yeah. You know, I just think you're playing it out with those three this year. And then you'll if you, if you need a third safety next year in free agency, you, you go get one or maybe Andrew Adams is that guy. I mean, they've liked him. They've liked him pretty much his whole career. You know, he's been, yeah. been more of a, more of a valued presence in Tampa Bay than anywhere else. And so I think, Sure. Maybe he stays and around, but I can't see a draft pick like other than late day three on, on the secondary, right, well, it, Scott? It, it, really, it really depends. And the reason I say that is is because uh, if you look at uh, – if you pay Carlton Davis, I don't know right. that you can pay Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting when they – Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. right. But they so, still have two more years each, right? Correct. Well, right. two more years each. So if you do uh, – if, if you do pay Carlton Davis, right um, – then, then what you can do is you can draft another young cornerback mm-hmm. instead of signing a Ross Cockrell. Or maybe you sign Ross, let those guys battle it out for that fourth corner in training camp. But if you have a promising rookie, what I, what I mean by draft a corner is if there is tremendous value, if, if the Bucks have a guy uh, in the, with the second-round grade that's there in the fourth round, mm-hmm. I could see it happen. Or maybe a, a, a late first-round, early second-round grade for whatever sure. reason. He's there when they pick in the third round, and it's a real value pick. Then I could see them doing it just because you want to have another guy in the hopper to replace either Dean or Murphy Bunting or both to pair with Carlton Davis down the road. Uh, keep yeah. in mind, Jason Light likes that second, third round when it, when it comes to drafting uh, secondary players. He's drafted right. Justin Evans. He's drafted Antoine Winfield Jr., Sean Murphy Bunting in the second round. In the third round, we've got Mike Edwards, Jamel Dean, 
Also, Carlton Davis was a second round pick. So that's Couple kind of the fourth rounders, Jordan Whitehead. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. uh, you're right. It's there's no doubt he's he's gone crazy in those rounds drafting DBs. My yeah. guess this year is the year it doesn't happen though. At some point, Agreed. I think you, you trust the guys you've drafted. So, but again, you're right. If there's a great player available and he loves them, yeah. Again, everything's on the table when you're the Bucks because you don't really have any. Like, it's That's not right. right there right now. There's not a huge hole going into this draft that like there was yeah. even. And John, and John last year. when it comes to free agency, they've got some leverage, right? I mean, they still have Tom Brady. Who doesn't want to play with Tom Brady? Who doesn't want to go either to the Super Bowl if you're a free agent import, or go back to the Super Bowl if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they so have I mean, leverage to, right. to, to say come to Tampa you know, and, and make a little bit less. It's almost right. like the Patriots, John. We've seen it for years with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady up there. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see some players that are willing to take less to play in yep. Tampa. In yep. Absolutely. We uh, continue a lot of these discussions, by the way, in Locker Room. It's, uh, it's a, a social audio app that just does a lot of awesome stuff, and we'll often get – I'll get on there and we'll often discuss with fans some of the stuff in even more depth, and we get to hear from you, the fans. You guys get jump on and, and talk and chat as well. So it's it's a, it's a locker room. is an app that is really changing the way we even talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation. That's Locker Room. Locker Room is the app. I think it's only for iOS users still, uh, but they are working on an Android version as well. But definitely check that out. Get on there. We'll be actually be going live tonight a little bit after 7. We'll be going live tonight. We'll chat a little, chat a little bit about Antonio Brown. Other potential available free agents, we haven't talked about that much, that the Bucks could potentially look into signing. We're not going to worry about cost as much unless we're talking about bigger name guys. I'll shoot those down. But um, some of that um, um, will be some, something that we'll discuss on Locker Room uh, later today. Again, that'll be a little bit after 7. But also get that Locker Room app because it's where we'll get on and, and do a little bit of free agent chatting as well as that we move into that time of the year. Well, there's going to be a lot of things flying around, a lot of quick news. We'll jump in there and we'll be talking about those things as it goes. Um, so, yeah, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, JJ Water, Von Miller, 10 to 13 million range. Not touching Von Miller with his stuff going on yeah. uh, off the field right now for sure. JJ Watt, I wrote about it. Uh, you can look it up on pewreport.com. Scott, you wrote about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's a possibility. I know Tampa could do it and they could do all these other things we're talking about too. To me, I think the biggest thing, and I said this yesterday in the podcast, I just think Tampa Bay isn't going to commit money to somebody outside the organization until they've got their guys back that they want back. So if yeah. JJ Watt is still a free agent when they've when got free agency starts, when free agency starts, yeah. or when free agency, you know, has gone by a couple of days and they've got Shaq Barrett back and they've got Chris Godden back, or they know Shaq Barrett's not going to be back or something like that. Right. To me, like that is the point in time in which they might reach out to JJ Watt. I don't think he's still going to be around then. Green Bay, Buffalo, yeah. Cleveland, too many possibilities. It's interesting because I think that he would he would take the Will Golston spot as a, as the right tech defensive end. Cut Golston, probably yeah. cut Bray. Right there's your and, there's your cap room for him. Yeah, it, but he's not the edge rusher. He's he's not the guy to replace Shaq Barrett. Um, right. I mean, he has he does have most of his production off the edge as a pass rusher of late, right. but he also is a deadly inside rusher. He's yeah. definitely not a drop like Shaq Barrett is where he can drop back and do those kind of things that Todd Bowles like. So you're right. It is pretty different. All right. So here, here's a question here. Do you see him playing a three technique defensive tackle spot? Uh, <laughs> now, the biggest thing is that Dominic is bigger than JJ Watt. 
Yeah. Of, of being able to anchor against the run. It's not a one-to-one replacement for sure. Right. right. Yeah. If, to me, JJ Watt would play inside more than any other edges currently do right now. Right. But honestly, you know, to me, it would be more of like a passing downs thing where again, you could go, but also you would just rotate to me. Yeah. You just get Sue off the field way more. I mean, he's playing 75, 80% of snaps his whole career, basically. Right. And he's getting older. I mean, he's going to be the oldest D tackle to take a snap in the league probably next season after being second oldest this year. And so yeah. eventually as great a shape as he keeps himself in, he's just not that impact player on passing down. So to me, when you're in your base defense, you would play J.J. Watt and Golston spot, which could be a three, it could be a five, could be a four right. head up on the tackle. You can move him around, honestly. I mean, you can push other people inside. You know what I mean? You can do different things. You could get JPP off the field. Again, another aging guy like who was right. banged up all last year and played through it. You can get him off the field a little bit and play Watt on the edge on early downs somewhat. Yes. And so, so he, he is kind of a chess piece you can move yes, around. Yes, but on later downs, you're playing Vay and Watt right. inside. When you have four down, you're playing Vay and Watt inside, and you're playing JPP and, Su- and Barrett on the edge. And then you're kicking, you're putting JPP or JJ Watt outside and JPP inside next to Vea. You can just do so much on passing downs. And let's just be real like that's where the game's won or lost is passing downs. The Bucs led the league. More teams threw the ball against the Bucs in neutral situations than any other team in the league last year because you know you have to throw it to beat the Bucs and you can't run it to beat the Bucs. So because of that, it's all this season, everybody's going to come out throwing the ball against them even more than they did last year if possible. You've got to find ways to continue to be productive against the pass defensively. To me, it requires even more creativity and more talent probably as pass rushing group. I I think we saw a question about uh, Stephon Gilmore possibly being made available by the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Is that a player that you're interested in trading for? He's in the final year of his deal. Uh, He's scheduled to make his cap hits 15 million, but some of that is restructuring and signing bonuses. So, his base salary is only seven million dollars yep. this year, with a three point four um, or three hundred forty thousand. And he's uh, how old? He's thirty. He'll be thirty. Okay, so the trick with Gilmore is that I think he wants to restructure wherever he goes, and that's right. just probably going to be out of the again. Like the Bucks just aren't going to do that kind of stuff until they've got their guys back. I think. I get the appeal with Gilmore. I'm very much team. You can never have enough good corners. Right. But I just. I just don't know that it's going to happen for Tampa right. Bay. Um, and, and the thing is, is obviously you have to give up some compensation. And mm-hmm. I don't think the Bucks maybe want to part with with the thirty second overall pick, but but maybe a second rounder and Jamel Dean. Would you do that trade for Stephon Gilmore? I don't know that it would even take that much, to be honest, Scott. I think the second rounder is all it would take uh, for Stephon Gilmore. Now I know he was he was Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. This past year he wasn't that great. And also, what is it? One more year on his deal right now. He's in the final year of his deal this year. Right. So, so you're getting, so it's like a one year rental basically for him. That'll drive the value down to age. Um, I think you could get him for a second. Again, the Bucs picked 30 seconds. So maybe for the Bucs, it would be a first. For most teams, I would say the value would probably be a second rounder for for Stephon Gilmore right now. That's what I was saying. If, If you, if you say Jamel Dean, and and the team's second round pick, which is almost a third round. Maybe like Jamel Dean in a fourth at that point, because I mean, you're in a starting caliber corner. Yeah. I don't think it would take a second and Dean. Just just a guess, but I'm no expert on those things. But yeah, but interesting to talk to continue to talk about that and even DJ Reader and some of these other things. I know we got a scoop for today's podcast, yeah. but love the questions. We'll continue to talk. We've got all offseason. We've got the next couple oh, of weeks to talk about. Yes. Tomorrow we have it. We have Bruce Arians and Jason Light talking to the media at three o'clock. So right. we will be at four o'clock, or maybe a few minutes after, we'll let you know via right. Twitter if those interviews go along. But 
We're going to be getting Bruce and Jason tomorrow. So stay tuned uh, for the Peter Report podcast tomorrow. We're going to have live instant mm-hmm. reaction as those press conferences will either be just wrapping up or wrapped up a little bit before the 4 o'clock uh, start time. So yep. definitely don't miss tomorrow's show as the general manager and head coach of the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be talking. Right, yeah, it's going to be a fun show tomorrow, breaking down all things. We're going to get probably some insight. We got insight last year at the combine when they talked. I think yeah. we'll get some more insight even uh, this, even tomorrow. So tomorrow's podcast, definitely want to tune in. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Send them the link. Tell them to subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Hit the bell to get notifications. As for a lot of you, I'll see you on Locker Room tonight uh, for our uh, extended chat on the box and the free agents uh, pool of this offseason. So until then. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.